Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. Hello and welcome to Countryside here on Manx Radio. I'm Simon Clark. And I'm Kiri Kermode. Last week I went along to Balaan Quarry to catch up with the University College students doing their horticultural course. And I was at the Point of Air meeting up with the Managing Director of Manx Birdlife, Neil Morris, to have a look how the nature reserve is going along and find out more about what the birds are up to in the transition from the winter to the spring. But firstly, Kerry, before we get into stuff, did a little bit on the radio last week and uh, on social media it was well documented uh, with some of the farmers posting pictures and details of uh, their sheep that have been attacked by dogs. Yes, it's very unfortunate and it still occurs year after year. We cannot reiterate how important it is to keep the dogs on leads in the countryside, especially at this time of year. Uh, The stock is now out in the fields. There's ewes, lamb and there's cows calving and it is a dangerous place for uh, people to walk with dogs off the lead. They can chase the ewes, cause abortions and it is really unpleasant for all involved. Yeah, and the, and the, the strange thing is people go, oh... You know, my dog wouldn't do it, but they do. They really do. That's the reality of it. Absolutely. And, and, and the sad thing is, you may not know, the dog may have gone off rushing out somewhere, and you think, shouting, 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 when it comes back. But obviously, with some of the um, stories, you know, they would have telltale signs on, wouldn't they, on the dog. That's it. It is very unfortunate. Even if you're walking in plantations or on beaches, the perimeters, you don't know if the sheep over those boundaries having their lambs or heavily pregnant. And you just don't know where in the countryside at the moment the farmers are keeping stock. So we just say, please, please keep the dogs on the lead at this time of year. We want everybody to enjoy the countryside. You know, there's no two ways about it. We want the people in the countryside and um, just to be a little bit more mindful at the moment. Yes. Well, talking about education, uh, you were with a group of uh, mixture, I suppose, at the Balaan Quarry. That's right. I popped along last week to Balaan Quarry um, where Colas do the excavation for stone for the Isle of Man roads and, and for private people. And I caught up with the Isle of Man college students doing their horticultural course. They were there along with the Max Wildlife Trust and staff from the Colas itself planting trees around the Bund. I caught up with Principal Jasmine Kelly. Now the weather is a bit to be desired for tree planting but what a fantastic turnout today. Yes it's been amazing. I mean so great to see the students and the staff at Manx Wildlife Trust uh, and Blown Quarry team here all working together on a fantastic project. Now this project is through UCM a course there. Yeah, and this is our level one um, horticulture and environmental studies programme and it it feeds onto our level two horticulture and our construction programmes. But many of the students are already working in the sector, having started the course and found some real inspiration from the teachers and the work that they're doing. And that is it, isn't it? It's getting hands-on experience before going into the workplace or working alongside it because lots of people like to earn as they go now. Definitely, and I think earning and learning at the same time is a a real key thing and a real motivator for our students. And as you can see today, our students are a wide range of ages. They're not all school leavers. They're adults returning or retraining or rethinking about what they're doing with their careers as well. And I think that is really important. A lot of uh, well-being and mental health in the workplace now. This is another option to change up what they're doing. 
Definitely, and you'll see people coming out of different sectors, and I think the pandemic is part of that, isn't it? That people have had to rethink about their lives, but really opportunities to work with the land. Um, as somebody who's come from farming myself, it's a real, you know, I, I really understand the sort of driver for that as well. Obviously, the college offers more than um, horticulture and land-based studies, and we're working across all our programmes with adults and young people to uh, change their lives. And, and like you say, um, horticulture and agriculture has been in a long time, but now changing it a little bit, adapting it, tweaking it, conservation, environmental definitely and being agile I think to what the lo local needs are as well so we're really lucky on the island that we can have a college that can meet local needs and adapt to our environmental strategies and our farming needs and our, our you know our, our gardening needs as well so it's a and, you know, that's just one part of our curriculum but that's you know a real real sell for the college that we can do that and be as agile as we as we need to be and work with these employers and charities and trusts to really help the island move forward and like you say here at Blown the staff are actively getting involved it's a beautiful sight as well. Yeah, it's fantastic. And we've both seen this morning, haven't we, the, the range of wildlife um, and rare species that are actually flourishing here as well. And it's really great to see the college as part of that, um, UCM as part of that, developing the um, environment and helping it flourish too. And this here, this project alone, you know, we're planting a tree today that's going to be here many, many years to come. It's a great stepping stone. Exactly, and we, we saw, didn't we, where the students were learning, it's not just about sticking a hole in the ground and putting the tree in, it's actually, there's actually some science behind that and they are you know, learning and, as you say, earning at the same time because many of them are moving into apprenticeships or uh, moving into work or already working for uh, different employers across the island and really taking their skills forward, but also learning about nature and how the, the, how the environment works over here alongside farming and, and you know construction etc yeah. and, and that's it like you say construction we never would have brought in tree planting with construction but no. now it's so important it definitely is and it, you know part of our land-based studies program is really understanding and um, you know to our ethical ethical needs as well isn't it and about looking after the environment at the same time as making homes for people and making businesses work yeah. we, we, these these students are learning all about that it's a much wider skill set than just the science of planting and, and landscaping and how can people get involved with this jazz because it is something you say it's open for everyone yeah yeah so um on, if you visit the college website you can see um all about our different course offers you can contact our guidance team and they'll be able to provide you with more information and um, we also have our prospectuses which you can download there but obviously we have a range of people available to talk at any time if you want to um uh, come and experience the college we also have a large number of school links programs with students um, coming in at 14 and 15 across the island to experience a wide range of courses um across all our different disciplines so again those students get that access to um tasters of courses and actually getting vocational qualifications alongside their GCSE program so really exciting and actually quite unique to the island the sort of breadth of that program. We're here now with Clive Colstiff from uh, Balloon Quarry. Clive it's a wild day here at Balloon and we are on top of the hill but what a view we have of the south of the island. Yes it's spectacular isn't it? Um, yeah it's a shame you picked such a windy day but uh, <laughs> It wouldn't be March in the Isle of Man if it wasn't like this. And today we see the, the lads from UCM and ladies uh, planting trees on the top of the Bund. Now this quarry is quite extensive. Yeah, it, it's extended um, several times over the years and obviously we've got planning permission now a year or so ago to do the latest extension. So we've now moved all the topsoil and created this new Bund and the guys from the college are coming to install all these wonderful trees and make a new habitat in this area. And this adds on to the lovely old habitat now I see at the very, very bottom in the old disused quarry. Yes, Rose Hill Quarry I think was quarried 300 odd years ago. Um, it's now filled with water and in 2005 it was licensed as an ASSI by uh, DEFA. 
and that will have lots of lovely animals in, and mammals running about. There's all sorts in there and I think it's accredited for um, bee orchids, a very rare flower, very small pretty flower that looks a bit like a bee, uh, only, only blooms every now and again. Um, I think we had a few uh, last year or the year before so um, yeah it's, it, it takes careful management um, and definitely come down regularly and help us with that. And I see Andre he sort of gave us a little tour earlier of the old older site there and he is so passionate about the the program going ahead. He, he certainly is, um, yeah, and, and it's great to see that and hopefully it rubs off on the students as well and we, we have a very you know, good symbiotic relationship with him as well. So, uh, and that is know. so important, isn't it? Absolutely, you know, companies nowadays, it's, it's one thing, you know, using natural resources but, you know, to be seen to do our bit for the community and the environment is very important now to companies like ours. And that's it, that, that joined up thinking and with uh, Jez, the principal of a UCM, she is delighted to have companies like yourselves giving these children and students opportunities and people that are changing sectors to come and try out land-based projects but this opportunity here at Balloon is, is quite something. Yes yeah it, it works well for all of us as I said before you know um, we, we get we get what we want out of it the college gets to train the guys and also we develop a, a nice new habitat um, which will be really important in the area. Now the Wildlife Trust Lee has a massive part to play in this at Balloon Quarry. Uh, it's great to see Andre here and yourself uh, putting these lovely trees in the ground. It's great to be here. Uh, this is a project that the Wildlife Trust, really led by Andre, has been working away on for years. Um, very much part of our Action for Wildlife initiative that we're working with other partners on the island. And, and, and this, this site at, at, at Balloon with the, with the existing quarry and the ASSI, and, and the, the nature-fying of, of the works yeah, post-quarrying yeah, is, is wonderful. It's linking it all together. And that's the thing, you don't really put, um, like you say, extensive quarrying with habitat and nature, do you really? Well, it would be it'd be wrong to say we don't need to quarry. We, you know, we need stone. We, we all, we, you know, people need stone on the island. But I think what we've been really impressed with working with Colas is that they genuinely want to, to, to leave the site as best as they can and in fact enhance it in some ways for nature. So the opportunities for, you know, as a, as a calcareous grassland mm -hmm. is, is fantastic. You know, there are not many of those sites on the island so this could be a, a really prime one. It really is and now the UCM students are working their way down this bund. I see there's lots of different types of trees and bushes they're putting in. Yeah, it's a variant so mainly broadleaf deciduous trees. Uh, there's one or two uh, Scots pines I've seen planted out, lots of hazel, so Coralus avalana, which, which is common hazel, and so they'll they'll be actually managed as a as a coppice woodland, but very much Manx native trees that will that will pr pr provide a, a a long, if you like, coppice woodland along that along the side of there. But they're not long establishing using the Manx. They are used to this sort of climate. It's a horrible, wet, miserable day here. But you know they will establish quite quickly. Yes, absolutely. I think it's interesting with trees. So a lot of my background was 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 tree growing and then horticultural training. And and so I've I've planted lots of trees and helped people plant lots of trees. The key is a tree is not so much the planting, it's the establishment bit. And and actually when you plant. You know, I could talk for hours about the difference between if you plant a tree in a pot or a tree that's bare root. But once that tree gets its roots established, then they will grow away quite quickly. But yeah, absolutely, Manx natives, it, the, the soil is good. We're putting the right trees in the right place. And I think that for the whole island is really important. That's um, right. It's nice right to see. Right tree, right place. Yeah, exactly. And here, we're not taking up the farmland at Blown. It is actually in the Bund surrounding the quarry. Yeah, it's the, the Bund is there and we're naturifying the Bund. Yeah, yeah, this is it. And also I saw Andre, he was carrying a tray of what looked to be like little briars. 
Yes. <laughs> now, they look very, very prickly. <laughs> well, they are prickly. They're the ones that we're not worrying about uh, putting a tree guard around. So they'll be, they'll be, they're tough as boots and they'll survive. But what would their purpose be within this? Well, the, the, with, any, with any woodland, you want different layers of vegetation. So that would be the, the lower scrubby layer. So that would be the, sh the, the, the scrubby, shrubby layer of the woodland. Um, they provide habitat for inverts. They can provide habitat for birds in there. And then the, the trees grow above them. I see. So the nesting birds, their eggs would be quite secure in amongst all of the thorns. Yes, for some of them they would. When they're young, once the, those bushes get more established, also as the coppice, the trees as well, yeah, perfect. So now going further into what Wildlife Trust is doing, it's working quite heavily with agriculture now. Um, we're into the agri-environmental scheme a good few months. How are we finding that? It's a good question. I remember we had this chat down at uh, Castletown School. I go on, agri-environment scheme. Well, we, when we took it on, we felt it was the best opportunity we would ever have as a wildlife trust for, 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 for positively influencing lots of the island. You know, our nature reserves, I, I say this a lot, but they're 0.25% of the island's area and agriculture officially is 88% of the island. So it was always our ambition to work on landscape scale with the landowners, with the farmers in a positive way. My own background is crop growing, so I hope that helps me have the conversations. Um, David Bellamy, our agri-environment officer, uh, has, has done a fantastic job. So the scheme started on the 1st of April. We were awarded our contract as a delivery partner on the 1st of July. And then pretty much David has been visiting lots and lots of farms. He's, he's now visited well over 100 of our farms had wow, conversations and if you add up the total area of the farms he's visited it's over 30 percent of the island that david's visited another um, agri-environment officer caroline perry's working two days a week on the projects as well we've got an administrator we're working very close with with defa with andy cooper john harrison and the team at defa um, i think this year has far exceeded our own ambitions so we were we were keen to be in the mix we were key, we're hoping we're in it for the long haul yes, and we're hoping that, you know, supporting Manx farmers, and it is about that, it's not about we don't want to farm, we just need to farm in a more nature-friendly way, get the funding, make sure the farmers access it, small wins for nature over large areas of the island will be fantastic. So really positive conversations, David's a fantastic asset and he started that process. Um, and we're hoping that going into year two, three, four, that progression keeps going. Yeah. So yeah, genuinely very enthused about year one. That is really, really good. And to have that positivity coming back, because I know it's a huge undertaking for many of the farming people around the island. It is worrying. There's a lot of form filling. There's a lot of maybe areas of interest that they've never known before. So explanations and education is key as well. Yeah, I think the f I'm not going to say it's a perfect scheme. Um, people know that we didn't design it. You know, we tended to be the delivery agent. Um, and that's not that's not fudging it. We, we are we're doing what we do well, and we we're glad to be around the table to hopefully influence it. You know, we have a, we have regular meetings with the Max National Farmers Union. We've got an MOU with them. Really great relationship with them. So we listen to them. We're talking about the scheme together. We empathise with the challenges of all the paperwork and that some farmers have lost the 12 quid an acre, and we know that. Um, we are trying to do the absolute best for the island and the farmers with the, with the if you like, the, the goalposts in front of us, but not just saying that we can't evolve. So those key conversations with the MNFU, the key conversations with DEFA and other farmers that aren't MNFU members are really important to us, but it's not a perfect world. We are in it for the long haul. I know some farmers, you know, are disappointed that lost the 12 quid or maybe not all have applied. We're hoping that the paperwork gets slicker, the application process. 
we're hoping that this year that, that you know we've put in some recommendations that we're sense checking with the with the farmers about how the handbook might evolve so for new schemes um, so we, we we see it very much as a progressional thing no apologies for year one because i think it's fantastic that the island's got an agri-environment scheme that is definitely the world the world is going i think we just have to get on with it in that way but make the best of it so yeah very much working with farmers uh, not a perfect world but enthused about the progression there we go that was lee morris from the manx wildlife trust colas md clive collister and jasmine kelly the principal at ucm and it's fabulous that uh, the interest is in uh, as we'll be hearing more uh, in the second part of the program uh, from companies that have used it for many years and want to make something of it that's useful for everything. That's right, Colas want to get the community involved. They want to help put nature back and, and look after the site where the old quarry used to be and uh, the nature and the wildlife that's now in abundance there, like they were saying, is really, really developing and they're very proud of the areas that they've put back and uh, watching the wildlife grow, but also the students being able to tick off their portfolio units by having the chance or an area to plant the trees do the maintenance and the fencing, which is another unit in their portfolio, and also just get used to being in the outdoors and whether this is a career for them. And you can see the students were so passionate. They were absolutely made up to be outside. And it's funny when you listen to the kids at school, uh, my young fellow's 10, you listen to him when he comes back from school. They are learning a lot about um, the, the way that things used to be in a way. Because um, it had that transition where people, I don't think, were taught much about the the countryside or you know rural or environmental studies, and it seems to be something that's been brought back into the schools. I think it had to come back into it, Simon. It really did. There was such a disconnect between how food is produced, how the landscape works, how our countryside looks like it does, and to have a horticultural based study at UCM it's an opportunity for people to get into it further to be landscape gardeners to work outside um, you know whether you want to be a greenkeeper or or do other other things that are outdoor orientated there is practical and theory that can be done through the college and if you just decide you want a different way or a different path in life you can change up and go back there as a mature student <laughs> You're listening to Countryside here on Manx Radio with Kiri Kermud and myself, Simon Clark. Well, we heard Kiri talking to some of the uh, people from the college and, of course, Clive Collister from Colas, who've got the quarry down at Balaan. Well, Island Aggregates, of course, run a quarry up the Point of Air, and part of that, uh, which has been used, its life has gone, has been turned into a nature reserve. And who better to show me around than the managing director of Manx Birdlife, Neil Morris, and what a beautiful day it was at the Point. We're very lucky, aren't we? It's a beautiful, clear sky. You can see all the way across to Scotland and south to the, the Manx Hills. And we're looking out over the lagoon at the point of air, and uh, it's absolutely like a mill pond. You've been out and about today, um, work and pleasure, I imagine. <laughs> well, yes, ostensibly work, but it feels like pleasure. We we've taken the Manx Ornithological Society members round for a tour this morning. Started at nine o'clock. It was a bit nippy, but uh, we had sunshine in the air even then, which um, over the next three hours warmed us up. And we had a good walk over what is this first 105 acres of nature reserve, uh, the former quarry uh, owned by Island Aggregates. And, and it was just a wonderful morning in the sunshine, as calm as anything. 
um, watching the birds. How does the likes of uh, tweeters and what have you, ornithologists, part-time ones or just ones who have an interest in birds who go around the Isle of Man, what was the reaction when they came here today? Maybe some for the first time? Well, I think we have a lot of people who come back here um, every year. Sometimes people make three or four visits a year because it's a fabulous place. It is like no other place on the island because we've got this big expanse of open water. It's about a 50-acre lagoon of walk water. And it's in an environment um, up here at the Point of Air where you've got a shingle and sand gravel substrate. There's so that combination of the substrate and the water this large area of open water is unique within the island. So people will want to come back here, as I say, but also for the people amongst us this morning who were here for the first time, I, I think it, it always takes people by surprise. It's just vast, it's huge, and it's beautiful. Now, we're pretty close to the sea at the point of air here, and people who, who won't know it might be thinking, huh, just a place for gulls, is it? <laughs> I know gulls have a bad name, but we, we have five species of gull that nest on the island. This is the only place where all five actually nest. And um, the, the big value of an open water area like this is firstly it's fresh water, and it's been water that's filtered through the hills and underground. So it's lost all that brown tea stain, which a lot of the upland hill water has. If you think of Selby Reservoir, it's very much a brown tea water reservoir. And that means that the ecology, because the water quality is different here, the ecology in the water is different. And we're starting to get a food chain developing in the water with plants, invertebrates. We know we've got fish in here now. And then all of that can support the bird community that's starting to evolve. Now, you mentioned other uh, the fish side of it, um, obviously the bird side from your own point of view but it seems to be traces of lots of other wildlife in the area because it's so undisturbed well absolutely but being based here at the point of air it's surrounded by a wonderful ecosystem the whole of the air's north coast and specifically uh, within the area we've got here for the nature reserve at the moment it's not just the birds we've got insects um, during the spring and summer we have a lot of butterflies and moths I think the dragonfly community here is, is, is unrivaled on the island. And of course you've then got the plants as well. And we've got orchids starting to show themselves. And we're quite hopeful that, providing the weather doesn't turn too bad before the spring really starts, that we're going to have a really good orchid year up here. And we would certainly invite people to come up um, over the periods, late May, June, early July. Come and join us and come and experience it for yourself. You mentioned the dragonflies. It's not something people think a lot of on the island, but is it unique for them? Um, well, we we talk a lot about the birds um, being Manx bird life, and of course people recognise that birds migrate, and there's a lot of really exciting information being learnt now with new technologies about where birds migrate to, how they migrate, the long journeys they undertake. But just as birds migrate, insects migrate as well. And we, we have the northernmost freshwater on the Isle of Man here at the Point of Air Reserve. And we see a lot of dragonflies. We've had European continental dragonflies appearing here at the Point of Air. And um, they're pushing up from the South Mediterranean, perhaps even from Africa, on warm winds. And who knows where they go after they leave 
the northern point of the island. And then you've got butterflies as well. We've created some butterfly corridors where whatever the wind and, and the, the, the weather, there's always a sheltered spot for them. And so we're seeing red admirals and painted ladies, and these are migratory animals just in the same way that birds are. It's amazing to hear that when you just think of birds or maybe dolphins and, and, the, and the sharks, Baskin sharks and things migrating, but uh, <laughs> to hear all of them coming, it's, it's just a, a, amazing facts. Well, I mustn't forget the bats as well, um, with the help of the Manx Bat Group. Um, we now know that we've got at least seven of the eight species of Manx bat feeding here over the reserve. Um, and bats migrate as well, so perhaps longer term studies might just throw up a few surprises. Of course, it's work in progress for you, um, and it's not not open to the public yet, Neil? No, this, this is a long-term project. We're on the first phase, so we're starting to restore the first part of the quarry, which has been excavated and finished. And that, that's about 105 acres. And over time, perhaps 20, 30 years or more, another three areas will come on stream for the nature reserve. So we're very early doors. What we're trying to do is get this first area right, get the wildlife thriving, make the wildlife secure and then our second job is to make it secure for people. Now we have a plan at the moment, plan A should we call it, <laughs> to open the site in April 2024 to the public so that we can have open visiting. But you can imagine if you, if you look around the site now, we've got a lot of open water, we've got a lot of industrial hazards lying around, the ground's pretty um, unfirm as well. So there's a bit of work to do to make it safe for visiting and that that's between getting the wildlife right and between getting the visiting side right, that's our focus for the next couple of years. How unique will this be for the world of ornithology? Well, in the Isle of Man, it'll be unique, um, definitively unique. There'll be species here that you won't be able to see anywhere else. And there'll be assemblages of animals, plants that you can see in combination here that again will be unique. So I, I come back to the habitat and this big open lagoon is unique and the quality of water in the lagoon is unique within the context of the island. And that starts to build a very different ecosystem to the sorts of uh, communities of animals and plants that have developed elsewhere on the island. We describe this as a wetland reserve. And I guess if you think about other wetland areas, including the Curragh, you, you can imagine that the, the, the uh, Curragh sitting in a very uh, peat-based area um, has a very different quality to it. We're, we're sitting in a shingle area and as I say the water has been percolated through the ground. This is water table water we're looking at plus we get rainfall and it has a very different quality to it. And so the reserve will be unique within the island. There'll, there'll be places similar to this across um, overseas but certainly the scale and the scope of what we have here and the diversity of wildlife will be unique within a, an Isle of Man context. The birds themselves obviously uh, it's been strange weather we've had snow we've had ice gales and storms we're at the point today and it's a beautiful day the sun is shining uh, it's just a difficult time for bird life. It's a period of transition um, just coming to your, back to your point about the weather, 
strangely enough, as I think as ornithologists, we see the weather in a different way. We tend to measure the weather by the birds we see. And we think it's been a very quiet year for the birds. We haven't had disruptive weather um, that has moved different groups of birds to us or from the island. We've not had any big freezes on the continent to big large numbers of duck onto the water here. So we think it's been quite a sort of tame winter. But we're now starting to get towards spring. Uh, there are birds across the reserves that are starting to get very territorial. They're starting to show breeding courtship. And uh, with the nest box and platforms we have out in front of us, we're starting to see birds uh, battling, if you like, for territory and birds settling on the nest boxes and saying, this is mine for the coming year. Um, and maybe in about four weeks' time, hopefully, they'll start laying eggs. During my younger career working for island aggregates, uh, obviously work in the industry, I've been many a time looking at turns a couple of feet above your head. <laughs> well, ter turns are on our agenda. The, 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 the turns are out on the point of air beaches, and... Um, we, we hope they can survive there, but they are very vulnerable to disturbance and other activities and also storm events. And so there are years when the turns don't do quite so well on the beach. Now, if we can provide through shingle islands and through dedicated turn rafts out on the lagoons here, somewhere else that the turns can expand into, then that will help to make the populations more secure. So the more turns, the better. And we have to remember that these are birds that undertake some of the biggest migrations of any animal in the world. Really? The Arctic turns out on the point of air. Um, they can live for 30 years. Uh, they travel something like 50,000 miles in a year, migrating from Antarctica to here and then back again. And in the, the lifetime of an adult Arctic tern, they can be flying about one and a half million miles. And that, that's three journeys to the moon and back again. And they're coming here each summer to spend that summer nesting here. So I think the least we can do is provide them with somewhere safe and secure to nest when they get here. But obviously, as we mentioned before, Neil, and it's it's not open to the public yet, but um, if, if anyone's interested in maybe joining one of your groups that, you know, come down maybe to do a bit of work or just for a look at it, is that a possibility? Ab absolutely. If you check our website, manxbirdlife.im, you'll see there's an events page and we post on that the dates where we're hosting groups so you can sign up to join one of those groups and we'll give you a guided tour of the reserve, we'll take you around the lagoon, we'll take you to some of the high spots where you can get some of these wonderful vistas. Um, so check the Manx Bird Life webpage, manxbirdlife.im, and we'd very much look forward to seeing you. Neil Morris uh, from Manx Bird Life uh, showing me how the area is coming along there, the nature reserve, and uh, showing the ornithologists around the morning. And it was great that some of them uh, had been there for the first time and the, taking it in in awe and Neil telling us about how much... Um, traffic comes in and out of it from birds from all parts of the world dragonflies you know right. yeah and it really is great and just to emphasize it isn't open to the public uh, yet so uh, you need to contact the man bird life as neil said on one of those platforms but it was the, the perfect day for being down there kiri 
It is absolutely beautiful on this island on such a sunny day and this weekend was fantastic for everybody. But like you say, to have these areas protected while the birds nest and uh, to have the variety that we do have come to the Isle of Man, we're so lucky. It's such a safe place here and, and just to have them on our doorstep as well. Oh, how lucky we are. It is. All right, uh, that's it for this week's Countryside. Don't forget the podcast on Manx Radio's website or the Listen Again feature. And we'll be back next Tuesday with more. So... From me, Simon Clark. And me, Kiri Kermode. See you next week. Ta-da. Bye-bye.